listening to the Right Talk Wednesday podcast, made from the video stream, which happens every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central on both YouTube and Twitch. If you'd like to watch the actual live stream, you may do so by visiting musecharmer.com and going to the Right Talk Wednesday show page. You can also find archives of the show on YouTube under the live tab. Enjoy. It is six o'clock, so welcome to Right Talk Wednesday. I am your slightly scattered host this week, um, Kit Kalestow. And as always, I just want to give the reminder that I am joined in the office by Skittles, the office cat. So if you see me kind of, you know, reaching for the camera, I'm just protecting the camera from the cat because she does what she wants to do. Nobody's the boss of her. I am joined this week on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving by Daniel Cross, who I believe we're going to have the most fascinating conversation because um, he writes as R.A. Klepsis. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to, oops, I just minimized us, how to build an author um, persona. And we're also going to talk about how Nano helped him write his books. So before I click anything else, I'll just go ahead and pause and introduce Daniel. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on Right Talk Wednesday. Oh, thanks very much, Kit. Happy to be here. Great. Well, your book, The Amulet and the Dragon, just released on November 19th, and our viewers and listeners can find that link in the show notes, as always. Um, why don't you start by just telling our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself? So I am an electrical engineer. I've had a long career doing uh, very technical work. And as part of that work, I've been doing writing for technical purposes, writing specs, writing manuals and, and descriptions of circuits and all and things like that. And but I've always had stories in me. I've always been a big fan of fantasy and science fiction. I've always wanted to write stories. And I had this story and I decided to take advantage of NaNoWriMo to get it out of me and get it on uh, at least digital paper and see if it's, uh, see if I thought it was any good. Well, wonderful. And with that process, um, was that your, was that your first NaNoWriMo? Right. Well, it actually, it took me three NaNoWriMo's to write the first book. Uh, the, the book has got three parts, and I essentially wrote one part uh, a year for for three years. Uh, and the, the final year, I finally said, I am going to finish this thing. And so I made a big push to 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 get it done. And the the whole thing, I had about 35,000 words left of the book. Uh, so I didn't get to 50,000 that year, but I did finish the book, uh, at least the first draft of it. And uh, the first draft, like... You know, reading through it again, there were, it seemed like there was not, it was the story I wanted to tell. Uh, and now the, the origins of that story I should probably go into because the, it, it comes out of a session of uh, tabletop role-playing games that I basically I did with my kids. My kids came to me one day and said, we want to play Dungeons and Dragons. And so I put together an adventure for them. We made characters and they did this adventure 
that uh, that ended up growing and they ended up liking the game. And so we kept playing and this campaign went on for 10, 12 years, ultimately. Like my kids went from, you know, being, you know, early teens to being basically grown people uh, during the time of this campaign. And so I have a lot of, a lot of material. And so the, the first two books is maybe the first few years of what we played. And I have a lot more material to, to still get through, uh, but that's the origin of it. And so that's where the story comes from. And wrote, so I said, wrote the, the first kind of chapter of that. And I thought it was really good. So I, I decided to self-publish it. Awesome. Well, excuse me for a moment. My cat has something she should not have. While I take care of that, um, I think, honestly, that is like one of the most heartwarming stories that I have heard in a while about how a book came to be. Could could you tell our listeners just a little bit about adapting a role-playing campaign to a book? Because that's not an uncommon way to do it, but they're mm -hmm. like two totally different types of writing. Oh, correct. And so the I tried to do it more as a novel and and not necessarily as lit RPG where game mechanics come into the actual narrative. Uh, the 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 mechanics are described, the mechanics of how to cast spells and how weapons work and things like that. It's it's in the book, but it's described in a sort of literary novelistic way. It's not described in terms of game mechanics. Uh, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is that the, like I decided to, because I felt like I didn't really write it. It was really written by all of us. It was, uh, you know, that's what role-playing games are. They're a collaborative storytelling endeavor. So I didn't really feel like it was right for me to take full credit for it. So I decided to write it under a pen name. And rather than just like make up some other pen name, I decided to use a character from the adventure that the, that they had met it was a, basically a non-player character that they had met during the adventure uh and they had actually told part of their story to this character that was in, in the actual gameplay so it became very natural to say oh yeah he he's gonna write this book because he's heard the adventure from the people who lived it and so he's just gonna uh turn it into a book and and novelize it and so that's that's Klepsis. He's a wizard that the characters come and ask for help during their adventure. And so he actually appears in this book as a character. He has, there's one chapter that's actually told from his point of view where he meets uh, Cordella and Rizzo, the, the actual player characters. So it's very interesting because Klepsis is like, not only is he not a real person, He's he's a character in a fantasy world, and he's not even a main character. He's a side character in his fantasy world, but he thinks he's a main character, so he acts like that. Because <laughs> everybody's oh. a main character of their own story, right? <laughs> Definitely. And a lot of those side characters, especially when you get a really well-fleshed-out um, role-playing campaign, not just D&D, &D, but mm -hmm. a lot of those side characters really start taking on a, an outsized importance when you get when you get into the story. And so, yeah. With, yeah. So with you, you were DMing the campaign, right? Right. I was the I was the DM for this campaign. Yeah. Did you have any idea when you created this character that this would happen? 
Uh, no, it was really just <laughs> he was needed to, to progress the adventure because the and you'll read it in the book. The characters have got a very serious logistical challenge and they need some pretty powerful magic in order to uh, solve their challenge. And so they just happen to run into this really powerful wizard. And uh, so it was needed for the adventure. It was a way to to progress the adventure forward. And it just ends up being the perfect ve uh, vehicle for conveying these stories. Uh, and so I've taken to as as a means of promoting the books. He he's got his own social media channels that he somehow accesses from his fantasy world. Like it's not really clear how he does that, but uh, he he he's got a whole set of uh, social media channels. He runs a website. He's got email address that people can can uh, can go and write to him at that's uh it's wizard at klepsis.com he's got his own website he writes a newsletter once a month to communicate with his his many fans in 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 this part of the material plane and he's he's got a whole persona uh he's participating in some online uh like writer prompts and he always answers the prompts as if he's in his own world like the there was one question about what kind of apps do you use to write? And so he's like, yeah, you know, ink, paper, you know, he, he mentioned that he mentioned that he liked to use manicure quills as nibs for the pens. They worked really well. That does that sounds so fun. That does that just sounds amazingly fun and just the amount of creativity. I mean, there is that quote that any suitably or sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it all goes together. It all goes together. So to kind of step back a little bit, um, the you wrote the book over three NaNoWriMo's. Mm -hmm. Did you do any work on it in the meantime, or was it kind of a life happen sort of thing? And so you used NaNoWriMo to, you know, just basically kind of kickstart you into writing. I think, I think I took advantage of one of the camps in between to write a little bit more because like, like the second NaNoWriMo, I really didn't get to write all that much. So the following April, I finished part two. Uh, and that, and, and that was, it was even kind of like I was doing NaNoWriMo, but I, I didn't have an account at the uh, official NaNoWriMo website or anything. I, that didn't happen until the third, uh, the third NaNoWriMo where I said, okay, I'm really going to do this. I'm going to finish this book. So I made my account and I tracked my words and, and really kind of, you know, nose to the grindstone and got it done. Uh, and then, and then for the second book, I said, okay, well, I, I need to do you know, more planning for to 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 do this NaNoWriMo properly. So I took I took one of the camps in between in the year in between to do like a real outline. Because I have my story material. I had all my notes mm -hmm. from the adventure, you know, all my DMs notes. So I just had to write that in an outline form. And so that way I had a writing plan. So I knew what I knew what I was going to write. So that way, if I got stuck on something, I could skip ahead and like getting into like my advice for people doing NaNoWriMo to have a plan is what I always tell people. Mm -hmm. uh, like it doesn't have to be a full outline. Like you can certainly pants your way through NaNoWriMo. Lots of people do it, but it helps to have 
some kind of a writing plan, even like if it's like just a beat sheet. Like, so, you know, you need that, you know, all is lost moment or that midpoint, everything changes moment. So you don't know what it is, but you know, you, you're going to, you know, when you have to hit it and about what your word total is going to be when you hit it. So you can, you can write towards that. And if you get stuck somewhere, you can skip ahead and like assume that thing has happened already and just kind of go on from there. Uh, so you need to have that writing plan. That's always my advice to people to to be successful at NaNoWriMo and, and, and get a draft that you can actually turn into a book is to have a plan. So I did that. I took, I took basically one of the camps to make, I don't know, maybe a 15,000 word outline. Uh, I put it in Scrivener, uh, basically, you know, scene by scene. And I used like all the, the Scrivener metadata. So that way I could just export, because Scrivener lets you export just the metadata like into a file. So I did that. So that way I had I had my outline in in a, in a form where I could just pick a scene and just write that scene. And so okay. the next so the following Anorimo I really got through and I hit my 50,000 words with no problem uh and I had a, a draft of the whole book. Awesome. So I want to unpack that just a little bit for our listeners who may not be um, quite as familiar with some of the terminology as you and I are. Okay. So the NaNoWriMo camps, and, and and please correct me if I get this wrong, but they happen like a few times a year or every other month. There's... It's April and either June or July. I can never remember which. I was thinking July. Yeah. She is wild tonight. <laughs> um it is. Yeah. So April and July, and basically you set your own word count goals. It's not like the big one where there's 50,000, you just set on what you want to work on. And they're kind of more informal. They like sort you into bunkhouses, I think, and, or they can. Uh, they, well, they have authors, published authors that write, you know, care packages uh, okay. every, every, every week, they give you a little pep talks. So they're like, they call them care packages, which Aww. are, which are kind of neat. That is neat. As somebody who used to go to camp as a kid. Yeah. That would be cute. Yeah. yeah. So the nano, so camps are just miniature, um, NaNoWriMo's and then the, um, beat sheet, we talked about this with the previous interview, but, a, and a beat sheet and the one I'm familiar with really, um, is the hero's journey and then romance where you know uh, depending on the genre and this is just the things that usually happen in whatever genre you write you know if it's a mystery there's the there's a mystery moment and then there's the the clues and you know the apprehending of whoever did whatever happened you know that sort of thing so that instead of having an outline like when I started writing I wrote like chapter one and then I was like one, two, three, four points in the chapter two. So what what um, you were saying then is just more of, okay, I need this to happen, this to happen, this to happen. And I kind of want to get here like halfway or three quarters or whatever. Right. That's okay. that's all my advice to people. Like, even if they want yeah. to, like, it's to me, you know, I found for me an outline, a fairly detailed outline was better where I knew what was going to happen in the scene. And I just had to, you know, write the dialogue and the descriptions, right? Mm -hmm. uh, some people prefer, you know, they they call it pantsing, where you fly by the seat of your pants, which means you you have no you have no idea what's going to come out. It's the story is is not even in your head yet. It's just, you know, maybe you've got a premise and that's it, and you're just going to write. Uh, and 
people very successfully turn out whole novels that way and that like there's no no uh i don't have any problem with that uh but but even if that's your plan i would say to to have some kind of uh a structure that you're writing to that way if you do run into a thing where you're just stuck like maybe you got your characters into a situation that you have no idea how to get them out of you 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 know what has to happen later so definitely say, let me let me just put that on the back burner for now i'll assume they got out of that somehow uh and then i'm going to go on from there i'll write the next thing that way you 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 don't get stuck and not finish because that's like the that's like the worst thing is to to, to end up not writing because you got stuck exactly like it's, one, it's one thing if life intervenes or whatever but like to 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 like not know what to do next and not be able to write anything else because you don't know what happens in that scene it's 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 a it's not a good spot to be in especially when you've got that goal you're trying to meet definitely and i have to say i i used to be a very type a plotter now i'm i'm more of a, a pantser but I, I i prefer to be a pantser with kind of a plan like i know this is where this is heading i'm just not quite sure all of the side trips everything we're going to take to get there um i find that with my story ideas and of course it doesn't help that there's a good chance i have adhd so i have like more story ideas that come up like every day and i'm like guys stop i have to write but the, <laughs> um you know the ones that are sitting on the back burner the longest are the ones where i just have okay this is an interesting premise but i have no idea where they're going or what's going on so yeah just having those beats and just having that idea that just you know kind of vague you can see kind of the outline of the city in the distance sort of thing you're like okay i think we can get them there mm -hmm. yeah and then Scrivener, oh gosh, we could do a whole show on Scrivener. It sounds like you use it in much more detail than I do. But yeah. Scriv Scrivener. I, I ended up not using any even desktop publishing software. I just exported right from Scrivener and it got me pretty much everything that I needed for both books. That's awesome. Yeah, I use I use Word if I have to write something for college. Um, back up. You yeah, do not need I, to get I have to use that for work. It's, yeah, it's I, like, and and it's it's not by choice. It's just because I have to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did a short story for an un essay project for a class. That's the thing now. It's all un essay projects, and they, um, I was like, I'm writing it in Word, going, oh man, I wish I had Scrivener because I, you know, to keep track of stuff. But it's amazing. I could do a whole show. I could do a whole series of shows on it. Mm. Um. I'm looking at some Linux based alternatives eventually um, because I will be jumping off the Windows boat um, if they make me update to Windows 11. Mm, and I it's coming. Windows. I hate it. Oh my God. I hate Windows 11. Mm -hmm. um, don't ask me why. We'll do another show on it. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, I've actually, so the, my actual writing for the most mm -hmm. part was done actually in Google Docs. Okay. On my phone. Oh. <gasps> Oh, you brave soul. <laughs> uh, like, and I actually did a comparison about whether I wrote faster on a regular keyboard or on my phone, and they're both about the same, you know, because I, I do word sprints on a regular basis, which I don't know if your viewers are familiar with the concept of a word sprint where you set a timer and you just write as many mm -hmm. words as you can during that time. And so, like, 
I found that, you know, for a 20 minute sprint, I would do 250 to 300 words, regardless of whether I'm using a full keyboard or my phone. They're just, they're the same. <laughs> uh, and so, but it was great because that way I could write anywhere. You know, I'm yeah. in the doctor's office waiting room, write something. You know, I'm at the supermarket waiting for someone to make up their mind about which ice cream they want, do some writing. You know, like whatever's going on, I have my phone, I can write. And that was great for meeting my NaNoWriMo goals. Uh, and and I got very adept at, at moving things back and forth between Google Docs and Scrivener because Scrivener can export as a as a Word file, which Google Docs imports. So that, that was kind of what I did. Like I built my outline in Scrivener and then exported it as a doc and then sucked it into Google. And then I had it right there. Okay. And, 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 and then to go back the other way, I just downloaded it from Google as a doc and sucked it back into Scrivener. And it was that, right there. Th that makes total sense. Actually, now that you're explaining that. Yeah. I, um, and, and, you know, I used to back in the day, um, I had a Palm pilot PDA I had that, several. that I sat on my desk. I, um, worked at a help desk for a big evil bank and, I had the the Palm Pilot and a little mini keyboard, foldable keyboard sitting on my mm -hmm. desk. And yeah, I we were allowed two minutes between calls. And so I would quite often dash off a sentence real quick before I had to hit the available button. And yeah, so, and, and that was just a very old version of the Google Docs, which is yeah. a much more elegant version of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I use my phone to text and take phone calls. That's perfectly okay. <laughs> uh, but I also live on a farm and I'm never very far away from a laptop or a desktop. So yeah, I yeah. mean, it's what you get used to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's cool. So I did kind of want to circle back. We, 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 we took a side quest, which was pretty awesome, but I want to circle back. You said you didn't sign up for an official nano account until the third time. Right. So you just heard about it and thought, hey, let's do this. Yes, I think I don't. I heard about awesome. it. I don't even know where I heard about it. It was just, a, it was like a news thing. Oh yeah, people will write a novel in a month. Okay, I should, I should do that. I have this, I have a novel I want to write. I should do that. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love that. I totally applaud that. And so um, I did want to talk about, so your book, the second book in the series, if I was looking at Amazon correctly, the amulet and the dragon just mm -hmm. released a few days ago on the 19th just this past sunday yeah so just this past exciting. sunday awesome yeah congratulations Thanks. and i i know we were doing a little bit of a sound test before the show but would you mind repeating or, or telling us just a little bit about that book sure so that the amulet and the dragon it's it's the follow-up to uh water against chaos and in the first book uh, uh a young by by elf standards, a young half elf. Uh, she's 40 years old, but that just means she's just becoming an adult because elves, half elves live much longer. Uh, so she's decided to to go out and 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 uh, explore the world. And uh, she's she gets herself into the service of the the goddess Isis, who basically sends her on a quest to save the world. And so that's done. And so she has saved the world uh, in, in the first book. And now 
during that adventure, her her halfling friend Rizzo acquired a mysterious amulet, and he he can't figure out. How, he knows it's magical, but he just can't figure out how to make it work. So he asks Cordella to help him out, and they they embark on this quest to to find out what this amulet does. And so at the same time, uh, they have both been invited to the wedding of uh, a prince that they know from from their first adventure. Uh, they basically helped him save his kingdom as part of their quest to save the world. And he's, of course, very grateful. So he invites them to his wedding and they need to get him something as a wedding gift. And they're seeking something unique, useful, and something that he doesn't already have. And that is also part of the the overarching story of, of the second book. Which I might add is excellent advice. If you're thinking about getting somebody a wedding gift, make it unique, useful, and something they don't already have. Yes. So That's the very good advice. So if you, if you look at the 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 back cover copy starts out with the question, what do you get for the prince who has everything? I, that sounds amazing. I was, you know, reading a little, little bit about it and doing the look inside as I was putting it up on the website there yesterday. And it just, I thought, oh, this looks like such a fun story. And the cover, which the viewers can see over there, um, just there's a dragon on it. There's a ni nice big like ruby or garnet amulet. And it just, that, that was just a really eye-catching cover. So I want to congratulate you on, on obtaining that, however you obtain that. that yeah, that, I'll, I'll give a shout out to my cover designer. She designed both covers, uh, uh, Emily's Designs, Emily's World of Design is what a website's called. And Emily, uh, I think I found her via the old Twitter. I like basically put out a call for cover designers and she responded and I've just been been really really happy with with her, the work that she's been been uh, given to me. It's just both covers are just really really striking. They are. Yeah, that was that yeah. definitely jumped out. I mean, that just said fantasy and quest and I was like, "Oh, that's an amazing cover." So yeah, yeah. definitely. And, all, and and also as part of part of the second book, the Part of, as part of the adventure, the basically the characters need some guidance because they don't know exactly where they're going. Uh, so they have they go on a side quest to obtain this map, and this is a map. It's from the D and D adventure, uh, a map I drew for my my players, and so I I sent her a scan of that, and she redrew it for me, and and so that's in the book. And as a as a promotion for the book, I'm giving away uh, a few of them. I had a, a I had a full color print made on canvas, and I don't know if it's going to come through on Zoom here, but it's uh, yeah, it's not Zoom is yeah. not is not making it come through. But so this is the it's a fantasy map. It's it's printed on on like nice canvas, full color print, and uh, people can get one of those. Uh, all they have to do is go to clepsis.com and sign up for the newsletter and then either buy the book or they can just share information about the contest on their social media. And as long as they tag me or they can, they can email me uh, like a screenshot of the share if it's, if they're on a service that Clepsis isn't participating in. Uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm giving away some of those. 
Uh, and in addition, the first book, the ebook is on sale for only 99 cents to go. So you can get both of them, both ebooks for under $4 in US. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And I put all those links in the show notes. I am not on blue sky. So if I did not put the blue sky incorrectly, somebody please let me know. I will gladly change it. So, um, it looked right to me. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. I just copied whatever you said. Mm. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's a service I'm, I'm not on. I was like, I'm, I love Mastodon and which is how we met and yes. how we connected. Yeah. And yeah, I find I, I get, I get more engagement on Mastodon than anywhere else nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's something I found too. Just um, even with follower accounts, not being close to what I had on the old Twitter mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, the engagement and the enthusiasm and the the books did on hashtag and those guppy groups and yeah i i really love the vibe over on mastodon yeah awesome well we are almost coming to the half hour here um i have oh goodness i have loved this conversation and i i sense that we'll probably be talking more in the future but um why don't um i know you already gave the website there and we've got it in the show notes um are there any other ways for readers or viewers to con- or listeners to contact you and, or do you have, you know, do you, which one of your social medias do you prefer? Uh, I probably, I mean, probably Mastodon is the one I spend most time on just because that's where the engagement is. Uh, that's certainly, if you're on Mastodon, you can definitely look for Klepsis and, uh, and you can, you can, he'll, he'll follow you back. No, no problem with that. Uh, but I, I do look at all of them, so and anyone is fine. Uh, it's he's on X, and he's also on Blue Sky, and of course, Klepsis.com. Uh, he's got a blog there, and uh, you should certainly sign up for the newsletter. He he doesn't send one out more than once a month. Uh, sometimes it's uh, uh, things he's been writing, occasionally outtakes from the books that didn't actually make it into print, or or. Sometimes, you know, I have all these maps and and drawings from the adventure. So so, Klepsis shares those <laughs> via the newsletter. Uh, and uh, on the blog, he often talks about his hobby of of taking care of shrunken monsters. Fun, interesting. That's that's, that's <laughs> sort of one of his hobbies. He 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 he. Sh- magically shrinks and and keeps as pets uh monsters you know the monstrous creatures <laughs> that just, that just sounds it just sounds like you're having a blast with that character or that persona and i just i think that's wonderful yeah he, he's a lot of fun yeah he, he takes himself a little too seriously but i don't take him that seriously so that's <laughs> it's fun for me yeah it sounds like it and it's just uh, there I just sense a warmth too when you, when you're talking about it you know from starting with you know teaching your, your children how to game and telling mm-hmm. the stories and it just it, 
there there's a lot of roughness going on in the world right now and it just it feels like that that's just such a for for those of us who are geeks it's just like a warm hug to you know the gaming and the fantasy and i just i'm so glad that you you agreed to share that with us the 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 books are they're they're just supposed to be entertaining you know they're not supposed Mm -hmm. to be kind of big themes or or uh you know deep psychological works or anything like that. They're just supposed to be entertaining. And so I hope that's people, people get that out of them. That's good. Well, thank you so much for being here on Right Talk Wednesday. Thanks for having me on. This was a great talk. And uh, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about these books. You're very welcome. Well, I hope you and your your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Oh, you too. Absolutely. And thank uh, you. It's it's the 60th anniversary of the debut of Doctor Who. People may not be aware of that. It's a big occasion here. So, yeah, our, here too. I just told my spouse. I said, I think we have new Doctor Who. We better check this out. Yeah. So. Yes. 60th <laughs> anniversary. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again. Have a good night. You've been listening to the Right Talk Wednesday podcast, taken from the live streams hosted on Twitch and YouTube every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central. The music you're hearing is Light It Up from Purple Planet Music. Learn more at purple-planet.com. To subscribe to our show, to subscribe to this podcast at any of your favorite outlets, please visit musecharmer.com. You can subscribe to a feed of all shows or just the Right Talk Wednesday show. Either way, we appreciate your support. Don't forget to like and follow us on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you are so moved, we would love it if you would go to our Ko-fi and drop us a little donation. The links are in the footer at MuseCharmer.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.